0: is the day zero update for July twenty first, twenty nineteen. I'm Felipe I'm Patrick Mifflin.
1: I'm Brandon Perkins.
2: I'm Chris Logie, and I'm Lee Lamb.
0: And uh, yeah, fifty years ago today, we didn't crash into the moon, so that was a good thing. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh,
3: if I have you're... been unfriending people on Facebook that said the moon landing was fake. Yeah. It's been great. It's been a great
1: weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did my whole random factoid on Let's Weekend about that shit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh yeah Chris, one guy uh, that, that believes that on my friends list. His uncle hmm. worked with Buzz Aldrin. He yeah. worked at NASA and he's still like, Nope, filmed it in the basement, bro. I'm like, Well, can't fuck
4: Jesus with you. Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay. It's like that's that's the problem. You can't really fix stupid uh Yeah. Yeah. No matter how hard you try and educate, some people just don't wanna learn. So uh
4: but yeah, I'll point out the uh, the Chris. Uh, well, because today... in most cases the the official story is more boring than the real or than whatever their imagination can come yeah. up with. This yeah. is true. Yeah,
3: I would absolutely recommend just in in um, <clears throat> because of the moon landing. Um, there's a there's a documentary called Apollo Eleven, which is absolutely worth watching. Uh, but there is also a movie that came out uh, earlier this year called first man which was based on neil armstrong's biography we i've had it on on blu-ray for a while i intended to see it in theaters we just didn't get around to it so i bought the blu-ray and hadn't had a chance to watch it and then with the 50th anniversary coming around i'm like i'm gonna watch this uh that movie is amazing i recommend everyone watch it um neil armstrong's kind of a dick which i wasn't expecting um, especially since a lot of other astronauts I've seen tend to be a lot more friendly or jovial. Well, Jim, Arm- Jim Lovell from, from Apollo 13 and those guys. But
1: Yeah. Well, keep in mind, Neil Armstrong was professionally a test pilot. So. Yeah.
3: Well, and he's, <laughs> he's just super, super buttoned up in the movie. But um, it is absolutely worth watching. Uh, if if for anything, just for the launch sequences, the stuff from Gemini um, and then the actual moon landing, like they, they film a huge chunk of it in first person. Um, and I think it can give anybody that, that – has any appreciation for space or anything that these guys did, and even greater appreciation for like how much these guys were like fucking badasses, like just like the Gemini stuff where they were showing people docking and you see it through the window that they could see through. Like you're yeah. sitting there going, Holy fucking shit, I couldn't do this, <laughs> you know. Um, And and we, you know, we tend to talk about the moon stuff and, and and all those early projects. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's, it is cool. It happened. Like there was like some gangster shit going on with that. And when you see the way that that stuff would have looked, it, 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 uh, it gives you pause. Uh, Everybody should watch that movie. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. The movie was, was great. Just be aware that there was a lot of artistic license taken with it. Uh, Oh yeah. So, you know, don't consider it as a completely historically accurate thing. Uh, but at the same time, it's fuck. It was a great movie.
3: Yeah, wow. like the the launch sequences and everything. From what I understand, are are completely accurate. Same with the maneuvering and everything else like that. Some of the stuff that happened with the astronauts is not. But I also read the book that it's based on, mm-hmm. and that was and it was it was a, a biography. So Neil Armstrong was a part of it. So yeah. wow. most everything matches up. There's a scene on the moon that doesn't match up, but I won't I won't ruin that for anybody. Um, yeah. but as far as the um the actual technical stuff, um. Uh, apparently, it's it's super, super accurate. It matches up to, to what was written in the book. So yeah. uh, probably the more personal stuff, I'm sure, is definitely more creative license. But Neil Armstrong definitely comes across as even more of a dick <laughs> in the movie than he does <laughs> in the book. Yeah. Um, but it's still totally worth watching.
0: Yeah, totally. And uh, the reason I mentioned that is uh, because Chris's dream last night was Kerbal Space Program, where he tried to get to the moon. Um, yeah, that didn't go so well.
2: oh. Nope. Uh, <laughs>
0: But yeah, it was I'll f-
2: explain later.
0: It was <laughs> a lot of fun watching. So uh but yeah, so we got uh some stuff to talk about this week, including well some of the stuff that we've been doing. Uh also
1: one big, very big uh release this week. But we'll get to that.
0: Yeah. So uh actually, actually I should probably just mention the the uh the releases we usually cover up up at the top anyway, so uh it it was nice knowing you, Brandon. Um but I I guess we won't see you for the next three or four months. Uh uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses coming out on to- on <laughs> Friday, so uh, so if there's no Let's Weekend this weekend, I kind of understand why. Yeah, you
4: uh, but... say that like he's the only Fire Emblem fan on the crew. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, I'm anyway. also going to be the one reviewing it, so yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna this,
3: have it. I don't know when I'm gonna play it, but um, I bought the yeah, edition. So, It'll end up being rare.
1: <laughs> so this is, of course, the newest edition to the Fire Emblem series, a series that, for let's be honest, several years was purely a Japanese only phenomenon until you know. Roy and Marth were added into Melee and suddenly everyone was like, hey, who's they, who are these guys and where do they come from? And wait, there's a whole series of Nintendo games we don't get over here? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. suddenly they came over. Um, and uh, now it's pretty internationally popular. Yeah. Um, So basically the Fire Emblem games, they're a simulation RPG series, arguably the first of its kind. Um. Obviously I think uh Advanced Wars or whatever it's called came out before it or simultaneously, but that's a much more simpler game. Um Fire Emblem is much more like plot heavy, um yeah. and also introduced the uh mechanic of permadeath if which for the record pretty much all the games from like Awakening and Beyond uh, allows you to do what they call casual mode, so if you don't want permadeath, they might be taken off the battlefield, but they don't actually die permanently. Mm-hmm. That's usually the route I take, because I get way too attached to these <laughs> characters, Yeah, I cannot allow and them to the die. The
4: reason first. why they did that was because people were just resetting the game anyway. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, usually the games all end the same way. you got to fight a dragon. Mm. It's just... Tradition, it's just You end up fighting a dragon. Mm. Uh, the difference between this time, though, is the social mechanics are much more prominent this time around. Um,
3: oh, fuck. Maybe I should just return it.
1: do freak out. Let me speak first.
3: Because I, if, I if i got to pet any more women, I'm going to punch someone in the Oh,
1: no. No, 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 You don't do that. Mm. That's not there. They actually do not do that.
3: Yeah, because I, I stopped. What was the last one? Birthright? What? uh Fate. Fate. I couldn't. I got like about halfway through and I like, I can't fucking play this. Like sitting there and just staring up and down at one of the characters, like, could we meet in your base? Like, oh God, get the fuck away. No, no, from no, me. no, no,
1: no. That's not. Uh, you played the Trails games, right? Yeah. Cold Steel?
3: No, I haven't played Cold
1: Steel. Okay, you haven't played Cold Steel. Well, basically, what you do in this time around is your character, your player character, is a teacher. I mean, originally you're like a mercenary, but oh you god, please
3: don't tell me they're going to try and let us fuck students. I don't want to play this game, Brandon.
1: I'm just uh, or, with you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just yeah, with you. but basically, what happens is that happens. Uh, there's like a a battle that starts in the first game where you're like a mercenary uh, working for this guy, and you end up doing really well, apparently, and so they decide to hire you on to this place. It's both like a monastery and also like a university for like knights and training. And so, what happens is you end up getting a teaching position there. And, basically, this is like a monastery that is, it, it's for, basically, nobles and royals who are training to be knights and, you know, to be the future rulers of their of their kingdom and, you know, their retainers and all that stuff. And, uh, basically, there's three different uh, king, you know, countries that you know, send their, you know, their knights and training to this monastery. Uh, and they're all divided up into three different houses. Now, if you're thinking Harry Potter, well, you're probably not entirely off. <laughs> um, but basically what happens is, you, you know, they send to school and then you go to this. And as you're the teacher, uh, amongst other things, obviously, you can go around. Pretty much every character has kind of like a story arc involved with them. Um, since you're a teacher, that also means you get to like teach them various skills, uh, and those skills actually are go used and like their their stats and everything get boosted and everything. And then every so often, uh, as that's happening, you have to go into battle, and so there's like a time management part of it as well because you've only got you know kind of like think like you know persona. Or yeah. help, even Cold Steel, because in Cold Steel you could only do so much before you had to, before the day ended. Um, and um, I, I would say this is a spoiler, but the trailers have already basically said what happens. Basically, yeah, nothing midway- featured
4: in pre-release trailers can, san- can sanely be considered a spoiler.
1: Yeah, um, but basically, midway through the game, there is a time skip. And basically something happens and suddenly all three of these kingdoms are at war with each other. And all of your former students uh, who are now, you know, older and out and about, you know, fighting for their respective kingdoms now have to go and fight each other. Mm. And that's sort of where the permadeath thing comes in. Mm. Because you basically have to watch all the students that you uh, taught and cared for for so much of the game suddenly kill each other.
4: Uh, It's very Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seems a little bit more, more
0: of a darker tone than the game has had yeah. in a while. So.
1: Also, uh, Lee, you remember that thing you said earlier about? Does that mean that the teacher's going to have a romance with the students?
3: God, I fucking hope
1: not. Yeah, it does.
3: God damn it! <laughs> uh, hey, you got to. Dude, a rare I'm game. sorry. Like, I just, I have a child. <laughs> like, I was at, I was at. He did. He's been doing band camp this week. So, like, I went to like a concert, like show-off thing that they did yesterday and the thought of an adult i mean i was against this before but now that i have a child it's just like throw up in your mouth like have someone else stick their fingers in your mouth to throw up gross like just the thought of like oh a young ass student with some old dude it's just what the fuck is wrong with the japanese
1: well, first of all, there like there there isn't really much of an age difference here.
3: Oh, I'm, oh, so what you got? This guy got tenure at twenty. Is that what's going on?
1: <laughs> uh, more like around seventeen or eighteen. Oh,
0: yeah, Because Japan,
1: and also not all the students are necessarily, you know, that much younger. Some of them are actually older than you are.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, so those are the guys that are going back to school. Oh my god. Hmm. Yeah. There's one dude, one student's there just to get their learn on.
1: And yes, there are uh, um, same-sex options too, and actually a lot more than was in Fate. Yeah. So, so, the representation is better this time.
0: Yeah. Well, just right. something yeah. that people complained about, and now it's been. Well, impressed. I mean, the
1: problem was in Fate's there was only like one option per side. Yeah. They check the box. Yeah, <laughs> and um, also doesn't happen that like. Both of those options were
4: off hmm.
1: in like more ways than one. Yeah. So, whatever. Okay. So that's coming so, out this
0: week. Uh, also worth mentioning, uh, War Groove comes out this week on PS4. So if you hadn't had a chance to try that one out yet, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, so that's one another one to mention.
2: There's also two big ones that nobody knows comes out this week. Really? It's uh, Wolfenstein. Oh yeah, Those two games <laughs> that
0: snuck up on us. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Youngblood. Forget about that
2: and Cyberpilot.
0: Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. yeah.
2: have to wait. <laughs> hey, good job, Bethesda.
0: Yeah, yeah. launching marketing two Wolfenstein on the same day. Yeah, so that's a great, great job. Well,
2: they're not really well, making it uh, make much of a marketing effort on them.
0: Um, yeah, they they didn't even try really. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so. Uh, so we've been playing some stuff this week. Uh, I'm actually going to punt mine because it's the same uh, blood thing. Well, we'll
4: talk more about that later once Lee gets around to talking about his. So I'll just punt to you, Pat. What you've been up to? Uh, Shadow uh, I I would punt on this one as well because you know it's it's going to be the mainstay in what I'm playing for probably the next two years. But honestly, I've been getting a lot more involved in the market boards these last couple weeks. And so I've just been sort of level grinding my my cash flow <laughs> instead of my character mm. um, right now i've got a got my character on Exodus, which is actually the newest of my three characters mm. and my um and my oh. wallet is currently sitting at just south of uh fourteen million so <laughs> Hmm. Are are you like actively trying
0: to like collapse the entire economy of the, of the data center or, or I'm just not running just trying, it? Trying,
4: I'm succeeding. <laughs> like to the point where I've got friends um getting at me on Facebook and stuff. I just lost you know such and such money on on materia uh, speculation. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> and, and yes, it was me at that point. But um, I don't think of it as um attacking the market so much as uh, speeding up the correction process Mm. (laughs) and making a killing in the process. (laughs) But um, yeah, that was um, that's been uh, part of my week and in addition to that I've, um, you know, the the eight player raid series dropped. Mm. And Uriaje is a high motherfucker that's all. <laughs> like the the idea of and this is getting a little bit into spoiler territory but um there's so much more to it that um I don't really I wouldn't really count it but the idea of just using an abundance of light aspected ether to summon a primal to kill that primal and release their elemental aspected ether into a uh, land that needs it. Um it that's a pretty out there idea in and of itself. And then you've got the whole matter of the fact that um they're using the memories of the player character as the um as the sort of focal point of summoning a primal. And that's good up to a point, but uh with one of them in particular, um I guess Naoki Yoshida decided that was as good a time as any to acknowledge the fact that he traumatized players with one of the primal encounters earlier on in A Realm Reborn. Mm-hmm. And so, because these primals are um, are derived from the player characters' memories, um, you have a version of Titan, which was originally just kind of a um, an obese rock golem with um, some really overpowered AoEs. Um, and you... Sp- you see the player character's um, mental image of Titan as being just jacked out of his face, with <laughs> what looks like four excavator mulchers on his back. <laughs> yeah, PTSD one, like, world building. Yeah, one of the um, one of the responses you can tell one, tell an NPC about um, when asked to describe Titan is just the landslides. The landslides. <laughs> To to which you the only response is oh, it, it seems you had quite a traumatic experience. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been amusing, and that's actually the final uh, the final battle in this wave of raids. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to be dropping four for their time over the next couple. Of, I would say over the next year or so. Um. And then there's also the twenty-four player raid coming, which will probably start in October, and that's the the near uh themed one. Yeah. Um but the um the main theme of the eight player raid series is Final Fantasy Eight. Mm. And we got one hell of a Force Your Way remix mm. um I heard it out of <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I'm just hoping I'm hoping that isn't the only um, Final Fantasy VIII battle remix we get because that soundtrack was amazing throughout, and there's a lot of stuff that um, that they could do with it in the way of uh, remixes that we don't really hear a lot of, and mm-hmm. so, um, you know, at one point you, um, also a story point here you go out into this area that's just been engulfed by light ether. So there's no life there whatsoever, but you see, um, what looks like a giant light warden just kind of embedded in the ground. And, um, uh, one of your party members says they can get, find a way to get you inside it Mm. and you figure out what's going on and you activate it. Shoots out of the ground. Yep. You just hijacked a garden. (laughs) Nice. So that happened. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting where they go with this because um, as a game, I didn't care much for Final Fantasy VIII. I just think the game design was off. But as a concept, I always felt it was pretty brilliant.
0: Hmm.
4: And so to see them exploring it in something I actually consider to be a good Final Fantasy game, um, I'm, I have a lot of hope for this, especially since it ties in so directly to the main story quest. Hmm. Hmm so that's been my week alright uh, so Brandon what about
1: you Uh, well you know Bloodstained is done so I've been playing well mostly The Witness for the last week I decided to go back to that game again which I gotta say that's a game now that I think about it it's got a lot of mileage to it hmm. because I mean that game can basically is basically made so that it can You can get as much out of it as you can at any given time. Um, And I also remember how unbelievably, mind-numbingly insane some of that game is. Mm. As far as the difficulty is concerned. Uh, Because some of them, the environmental clues and stuff that they give you are really esoteric. Mm. I'll just put it that way. Um, Also, you know, some some of them, not all of them, most of them are actually pretty good with this, but some of them are not very good at getting you getting to tell you exactly what the rules for a specific set of puzzles is supposed to be. Um, like, I finished the quarry, finally, recently, and I'm over at the monastery now. But the quarry, for those of you who don't remember, there's a, a bunch of puzzles at that part of the game where there's this little, like, Triskelion symbol that usually shows up, and basically what it means is that little symbol can basically defy what are the basic rules for whatever a puzzle is so in this case like say you're trying to uh, you got like you know it's one of those like puzzle, one of those mazes where there's like the spots with like the little white spots on it and the ones with the little black spots on it and you have to sort of segregate too and now that I think about it that is a sentence I just said
4: <laughs> yeah yeah we just let it hang yeah. Yeah.
1: but anyway the point is you know, with that little Triskelion symbol, it means that you can technically, ha- like, you know, segregate them, but you can leave, like, one spot in, like, the area where all the black spots are supposed to be technically, and the Triskelion symbol will, like, either completely eliminate it or change it to black. Hmm. But the problem is it's kind of random, and you kind of have to brute force it, to be honest, but... Anyway, so other than that, I decided to download and play Wargroove Mm -hmm. for my PC. Um, And yeah, it's fun. It's basically advanced wars in the Middle Ages. Um, And it is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) It is very hard. Um, Extremely challenging. Uh, I mean, I'm only like towards the ending of the first part, and well, I mean the ending of the first part, I just had to abandon, you know, abandon and head east. And, you know, that retreat, and the retreat, you know, was fairly easy if you knew what you had to do, but you also had to sacrifice a lot of your soldiers. And that's just like the fourth thing, man. Hmm. You know, I've only gotten into the fourth, into the fourth level, well, fourth level, fourth board, whatever you want to call it, and it's already in incredibly challenging um i mean it's it's a fun game don't get me wrong and i love it but damn (laughs) but yeah so really yeah that's what i've been playing so chris what about you
2: uh yeah so i've been continuing to play some more rocket league uh working towards getting the last unlock i need for uh this week before the the next phase hits and uh yeah because that's when the tv stuff the tv phase happens for the the 80s events and they've announced, at least, they're going to have Voltron and WWE stuff there. Hmm. Uh, but also, that's when the kit car releases on, uh, I think, tomorrow, the uh, 22nd. Oh, nice. Which, I don't know that I'm going to get, at least right now. I'll probably get it on sale, because I'm not a big kit fan of that whole stuff. But, uh, yeah, so far, I've been doing uh, doing pretty okay. Occasionally getting to games with uh, other teammates who are just not that great, and we end up just getting uh, beat pretty good. Uh, but still working on that. Uh, yeah, I did a stream for The Air Billions last week that I forgot to talk about. Uh I'm playing a little bit more of that uh, with uh, the mouse and keyboard on PS4. And I like it. That game is just kind of buggy. Because there were points during the stream where uh, essentially I was trying to I started a map on the, the very easiest difficulty. Just kinda get my feet uh, uh set for that game. Again, kinda move to one of the harder uh difficulties. It lets you set the the amount of zombies on the map mm-hmm. and I forgot the other one, it's like how much time you have to the end, so like how how long you have to survive. Uh which all affects this like difficulty percentage meter and based on how high that meter is, you'll unlock new maps. So I was like setting one up for the the next map to unlock. And when I started, moved from the the other map to that one, the keyboard stopped working for some reason. Uh, and like I eventually figured out, like uh, sort of dropping out to the main the, the dashboard uh, and back, somehow just got it back to working again for some reason. <laughs> It's like just weird stuff like that. Uh, it just happens, and yeah, not a huge fan of the the controller uh, mapping. Where you said you just use the controller as a weird uh, mouse. Hmm. Uh, the left stick moving the cursor, the right stick moving the camera, like the triggers uh, zoom in and out. But then you still have to use that same like bottom bar for the action stuff. Hmm. For when you're trying to move troops around and all that sort of stuff. And it's like – they used uh, – they hired Blitworks to do the ports uh, out of consoles who does a great job usually. Yeah. And it's like, you guys should just redesign this whole interface for controllers Yeah, uh, to make that more easy. I still have the PC one for people that want to use mouse and keyboard, but
4: – This is bad and they should feel bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's – and I guess people have been like letting them know on like Twitter or whatever and they're kind of trying to dig in their heels on it. <laughs> like not trying to acknowledge that it's actually not great, that it needs changes. That's never a good sign. Yeah. So they've been putting out uh, they put out an update the other day to fix some control issues, but not like anything that changes anything. Hmm. So I'm hoping they eventually just give up and actually do what the players are kind of wanting. Because uh, the mouse and keyboard stuff works perfectly fine. It's just also the keyboard needs remap support. Hmm. Cause it uses like ten keys, and it's like I would like to change some of these. Cause it's like you have to use page up and down, which I'm using like a essentially like a laptop, laptop keyboard. Hmm. So I have to hold down the the function key, then I think up and down on the the, the arrows. Hmm. So it's like I have to do an extra set of things to activate this one function. And it's like I'd like to put that on two other keys. Uh, maybe move the the movement of the key the uh, the camera. Uh, to WASD, instead of the arrows, uh, stuff like that. Like, seems like a basic thing. If you're going to have a keyboard, you probably should let people change the controls as they need to. Uh, that sort of stuff. But uh, it's a pretty solid game. It just needs uh, a little bit more care and uh, attention to it. Um, but yeah, we did a stream yesterday trying to get to the moon in Kerbal Space Program on Xbox One. And for whatever reason, the game just was not. Let me do what I wanted, because uh, essentially I figured out after the stream pretty quickly, uh, especially just going through some tutorial stuff in there. Essentially, it just had a lock on the stages for the the rocket, so I could just never start it. And trying to unlock it just didn't work for some reason. Uh, so obviously, as soon as I stopped streaming, everything starts working again. Mm. Uh, so that was just a whole dumpster fire of a stream. Me trying to figure this out. Fucking Murphy. Yeah. yeah, and the game itself is actually kind of like The Are Billions in that it kind of uses the same interface as the PC version. Uh, and they, But they do a better job of mapping stuff to the controller, but there's still elements of the UI that you kind of have to use a cursor on, so you have to kind of constantly switch back and forth. Uh, which works out okay, it just when some parts of it are not working the way you should, or it should. Uh, it makes it more frustrating because mm. I was literally just launching uh, the same rocket I was trying to use in the in the stream afterwards, and like getting in the general direction of the moon. I don't know if I can get it there just yet, but I have to. I'll probably do some more tutorial stuff, and cause you can kind of set some stuff for automation to uh, help you get to where you want, uh, so you're not just having to do it all by hand. So I just needed to figure out some of that stuff, but. Uh, yeah, that game is uh it's fun, it's just frustrating. Uh just trying to get it's it's sorta of pick up, pick up and play, but it's sorta of not. But especially when the game is sorta of fighting against you at that time. Uh that was just sort of frustrating. But yeah, we're gonna do the stream again tonight. Mm. Uh just basically saying like oh, we pushed the the launch another day. <laughs> uh sorta of thing. But yeah, I can actually get it out into space. Uh, where they can actually get it to the moon instead of just stranding them off in the middle of space. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, actually hitting the moon's gravity well is uh, difficult.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's just. The game's a, a lot of fun. It's just. This particular version has a couple of weird stuff to it, but. It should be much better today.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, we'll strand many uh, Kerbals in space. Mm as far as I can tell, because uh, I'm just using the the ship that is a one way trip.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, maybe I'll look into the there's one that has like moonlight moon later on it, mm-hmm. uh, which I was doing. They also have some cool scenario stuff in there. So it's like, hey, you're on the moon. Uh, use this rover to get over here. And I immediately tipped it over. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to actually control it, so it was just kind of going downhill. And as I was turning the the wheels and such, it just tipped over. I was like, oh well, I guess that's it. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of cool stuff in that game. Mm. I want to play some more of that. Um, and yeah, that's on sale on Xbox One for ten bucks right now. Mm. Uh, been playing some more Super Mario Maker Two. Uh, I got my Sinkers and Floaters uh, uh, MXC uh, level up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shortened it a bit to make it a little bit easier, but it's not easy uh, still because there's plenty of lava bubbles in there mm-hmm. that'll uh, get you if you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be remaking one of the stages uh, I made earlier, the, the other MXC level. first mm-hmm. uh, because one. one yeah, because that's not actually the name of the the game. <laughs> uh, wall Bangers is the one where they're on the rope. Yeah. They try and stick to the wall. Yep. For whatever reason, the wiki was telling me it wasn't that, <laughs> uh, or I misread it. I don't know, but I'm gonna be remaking that in Zuma uh, 3D World okay. uh, map because it has the the clear pipes that hmm. uh, that'll make it a lot easier. Just like you get into a pipe, I'll put you through like a, a little barrier that you can't get back through. And it'll just kill you if you go the wrong one. (laughs) That'll make it a lot easier than designing these paths for this. Mm. Uh, With the the Twister dudes sort of launching you up Mm. uh, outside of your own control. But uh, yeah, that should be a much better version of that. And uh, I've been playing some mobile stuff. Uh, There's a new game called Lego Tower, uh, which is Tiny Tower, but with Legos. Mm -hmm. Lego mm. characters. Uh, It's from those same developers, too. Uh, they simplified it a little bit in that there's no stats for each of the, the tenants you have in your tower. Because uh, the original, you essentially would have people rated like 1 to 10, uh, depending on how like good they were for each of the different types of businesses you could have in there. Mm-hmm. And here they just have – this is their favorite shop to work in. Uh, and so if you get that shop, uh, it will give you like 10 extra uh, like bucks. They have like a bucks currency that you use to like hurry, uh, hurry stocking and all that sort of stuff. Get rid of any of the timers for whatever you're working on. And uh, yeah, that's pretty solid. And uh, Doctor Mario World, I was liking it up to stage 21, which is when they when the the hearts starts working. Hmm. So that you know when you play at one level, you lose one heart. Yeah. You have to play like five, I think but it won't load the stage 21.
3: Hmm.
2: It just gets into an endless loading screen. Uh, I've not been able to figure out any way to get around that, so I can't actually do the rest of the game, which I was kind of liking it up to that point, but I was like, oh, this is broken, so I guess I should just delete it
0: (laughs) because
2: it's not worth having around if it's just going to do the same thing every time. Hmm. Uh, And I don't really have that much interest to wait for... Uh, them to patch it because it's been like a week or so now that it's been doing this Yeah, I've just been playing other things so Uh, that's been uh, it's a failure for me at least
0: Mm.
2: and that's been uh, kind of it how about you Lee? Uh,
3: I've been keeping it real simple I've been trying to work through Dragon Quest 6 I actually ran into a wall which is unusual Um, I'm just not uh, I don't know I don't know, I'm going to pr- press through it. The premise is interesting. The game has been interesting so far, but uh, this is one that I never got around to playing before, and I, I just, I don't know. Like, uh, I wish I could I wish I wish could elaborate why I'm having trouble with it, but I got like eight and a half hours into it, and I'm like, ah, just never happened with a Dragon Quest game. So, even with 7. So, I'm going to keep powering through it, uh, but I took a break from that and started playing Bloodstained, and, uh, man, that game has some problems.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of does. Um, well, we, like we talked about the Switch version, which is kind of a disaster. Uh, you, you did get that yeah. one,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the thing, right? So, like, I've I've thought like long and hard about like, oh, well, you know what? Because I, I didn't kickstart this, I'm, I'm kind of firmly against kickstarting things, simply because I don't want to. Pay for a product, like I don't know that it's actually good, but you know this is one of those things where like kind of hype took me, and I'm like, you know what? I know that there'll be some compromises on the Switch version, and I'm okay with that because I, you know, playing it portably is going to be the best way that I can play because I just don't have a lot of time to sit in front of the Xbox or a PC or anything else like that. And then, uh, I, I of course you guys, there'll be I don't ever have time for shit, so it kind of sat in the plastic wrap, and then started reading about all the horrible shit that's wrong with the switch version. And it's like, well, I'm out of my return period. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Okay. So now I had some extra credit left on my Xbox account. So I was like, you know what? You know, I looked at digital foundry. They said, you know, the Xbox version is pretty good. Runs a native 4k has some frame drops. Yada, yada. All right, cool. I'll give that a shot. And I probably, I think I put like three and a half hours into it. I've had four crashes. Um, I have had a glitch where Miriam's head disappears. <laughs> what? And, 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 yeah, her head disappears and then hard locks the game.
2: I want to say I've um, seen this. Uh, Mary yeah. Kitsch was streaming, and she wanted to change the hat and just remove the whole head.
3: Yeah, so that has happened. So it happened to me twice. So there was one where I changed the helmet, and then there was another one where I was just switching from, like, the kung fu boots. So this is the beginning of the game. From the kung fu boots to, the, to like, a short sword, mm-hmm. made her head disappear on the inventory screen, hard lock the game so it's like okay um i have had sound effects play through a cutscene from like a weapon um and just like the frame drops that happen in certain scenes are just awful like the the thing is this is a gorgeous game like it's absolutely gorgeous it still has that sort of weird unreal shininess that was there in the unreal three engine is there in the unreal four engine but i think it serves this game pretty well but there it is so obvious that they either they just don't know how to work with this engine and i imagine that's probably why it took so fucking long to get this game you know out in the first place yeah but it's like it just screen to screen is can be so horribly unoptimized it's it's super jarring like if you just walk up uh, in certain sections of the beginning, you walk up a set of stairs, even though enemies there, like the frame rate will tank 20, 25 FPS. And it's just like, how did y'all put this out?
4: Yeah. And imagine what would happen if the Wii U version had got let out of its cage.
3: <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I just, the, the, the funny part is, is like, I have a couple of friends that are playing it and I had a friend, uh that played it on a 1080 and had problems, which you shouldn't have. I had another friend that played it on a 1080 TI, worked just great. I have got I knew one guy that played it on, a, who was uh, bragging about, you know, how great it ran on a 2080 TI. Well, no shit. <laughs> you have a fucking $1,200 graphics card. I would expect that bloodstained ritual of the night should actually run above 60 frames per second. Mm. Um, but it, it's just the, the amount of stuff that is obviously problematic um, and, and, that they definitely should have just kept it for at least another six months of polishing. And I realized that maybe that just wasn't realistic for them. And I've, you know, I've, I've checked out different forums where, you know, the typical thing that's happening is, is the bunch of people that really haven't experienced any glitches are telling the people that have experienced glitches that they're crazy and getting runs fine for me, bro. Like that stupid bullshit.
4: Yeah. It's, um, it's not hurting me. It's not hurting anybody. Yeah, exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. And that, you know, nobody likes that guy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things where like, I was actually thinking about it today. I, I was running errands before I jumped on the podcast. Like, I really want to play it more. But, like, just those, all of these these just hiccups and these technical glitches and everything are really taking away from it. And I also think personally, just, and this is just a personal thing for me, like, I know this is basically supposed to be Symphony of the Night 2. You know, like, I know that's what they were doing. But it, it still feels weird, like, looking at the game and, like, looking at some of these stupid fucking names, like, Jeeble. <laughs> You know, like that fucker was supposed to be Dracula or Alucard or you, know, you could, like see the tropes and you're like, okay, this is good. So it, it feels like to me, and again, I haven't I've only played like three or four hours, so I am sure there's there's quite a bit more to me, but it, it feels like um like that supermarket version of honey nut Cheerios, like honey O's or something. Like it's technically the same thing, but it's not quite. You know? And then and then you take that and you 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 mix that with all just the technical hiccups, and it's just like, fuck, I really wish I didn't buy this game. Yeah, well, here's
0: here's the thing, though. Blessed End is one of those – if it worked for the technical problems, uh, you you wouldn't really be looking at it like a supermarket game because it expands so much on what Symphony of the Night did. Uh, Right.
3: I'm sure it does, and that's the problem. It's like that's the – that's the thing holding it back for me. Yeah. Because the other part for me is like, do I just do I just want to wait six months and play this? Because maybe they'll have you know actually fixed a bunch of it. Like I feel like the Switch is a lost cause. They just fucked me there. Um, well,
0: no, the, they're it's like they're all hands on deck trying to get that Switch version to at least stay at thirty and yeah. get the and get the input lag down because that's uh yeah that's a, yeah four it's, frames it's, of input uh, lag uh, is not acceptable. Sorry.
3: No, especially like the other thing that I was running into a lot of trouble with is the hitboxes seem really inconsistent. Mm. Um and that that was just another thing like again like it, it's these these small things that sort of end up coalescing into like really frankly really big problems. And, and I do I do absolutely feel what you're saying Phil because I'm I'm sitting here thinking like if I wasn't running into this stuff this would be so incredible, but it just taints it so much for me that I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe I should take a step back and wait a couple of months. But then I started looking like they're going to be nerfing the game.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit.
3: Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. So it's just kind of like – it's just a weird situation to be in because it's like, okay, the fact that somebody – even made a game that's like this. Like, I absolutely want to support, you know, but then you just put out something that's this, like, I don't feel like I'm asking for a lot. Like, I'm not saying like, I want the Xbox one X version to run at a locked 120 frame, you know, per second fucking FPS. Like, that's not what I want. I just want it to work without me running into stupid shit (laughs) over and over and over again. And like, I mean, basically like, like with, like I said, with my hard locks and everything, it's basically happened to me every 30 or 45 minutes in the time that I've played. And that's just – that's not remotely acceptable. And it's just one of those weird things where I'm like – I could get it if I was playing on PC and it started locking up or something because there's so, there's so much other stuff that could be going on that could cause a PC version to lock. But I am playing on the Xbox One X. We know how this should work. It's not like there's yeah. a bunch of variables that are being introduced you know, on that platform. And so the fact that I've just run into this is just astonishing to me and it, and it just – it screams – how little QA was actually done to this game and how much they were just like, we've got to get this out the fucking door. And then that goes back to the things that we always talk about on this podcast. Like, I don't want to reward companies like this. So here's another time I got fucked. And th- what's ironic is it seems to be happening to me. Like, I just need to not buy Switch games. I think is what the lesson I need to learn from this because it happened to me. Like, I remember I supported uh, Mark of the Ninja. Mm-hmm. I, I bought it blind on fucking Nintendo Switch because I'm like, of course a fucking 2013 game or like a 2011 game, will run fine on the Switch because Mark of the Ninja wasn't, you know, a taxing thing anyway. You know, it looks like a really nice Flash game.
2: Yeah, especially when you already had other versions of that remaster for free that you could have played.
3: Right, exactly. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, but you know what? It'll be nice to play it, you know, on the go, so that'll be cool. And it, it ran at 60 frames per second on an Xbox 360. Of course it's going to run, you know, the way that it's supposed to on a Switch. Wrong. wrong
0: yeah
3: what i I think people are
0: discovering is um...
3: dead cells have the same issues that that bloodstained is having huge input lag frame drops everything else like that and they're the blood cells team did the exact same thing that the bloodstained team blood cells the dead cells team is doing the exact same thing that the Blood... Uh, fucking shit, you know what I'm saying. One team <laughs> yeah. doing what the other team is doing now by going, damn, we shouldn't have released the Switch version of this state, and so we're going to switch everything over to making this work right. And I just... But I also feel like these are... Bloodstain may sort of be the exception, because I get it, it's an Unreal 4 game, but these others were not. Like, there's no excuse for that shit. Right. So now, for a lot of this, I just... Even for things that I want to support and I want to, you know, do my part, even though I don't have that much to play, I just, I just can't see myself buying particularly into the Switch ecosystem, expecting something to work properly unless Nintendo's making it. And That's really shitty, and it's only going to get worse because we know the new consoles are coming. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I get the sense from uh, from the Bloodstain team that uh, they really were not experienced with the Unreal Engine, like at all.
3: And you can tell, yeah. yeah.
0: It's. A, I also think that uh, they developed on the PC first, uh, because of all the versions, that one actually seems to be the most solid, uh, and, and kind of and backboarded but, to it. Yeah. Uh, of the console versions, the one that's actually the most stable is the PS4 version, so make of that what you will. Uh, but that may but just... But also
3: isn't part of that, though, because the, the PS4 version, even on the Pro, is only running at 1080p.
0: Yeah. It's only running at 1080p on the... Yeah. 1080p on the Pro and 900p on the uh, base. Yeah. Uh, and it, it seems to hit that, so it stays and there.
4: All I can say is that um, the PS4 version is the version I got, and I haven't had any issues, so... Yeah. It's like, the, of the console versions, that one seems to be the, the one that apparently
0: most of the time went to. Uh, but... Yeah, it's it's really irritating because of the what I've seen of the Xbox One X version, the way that it drops frames, it it, it indicates to me that there's some optimization problem going on there. It's not yeah, it's not that it's it can't run. Fuck. Yeah, it's not that it can't run at 60 frames a second. It's that it's, there's a buffer being full, fulled up somewhere and not being cleared fast enough and that's causing the game to hiccup. Yeah,
3: it's, it's crazy because you can literally be on the left side of the screen, walk forward, you hit the middle, and all of a sudden you'll drop 20, 25 frames a second. Yeah. And nothing's changed, and you're just like, really? Yeah. That's that's what we're doing here?
0: Yep. <laughs> so uh, plus there's that that whole thing with uh, the Xbox One X turning on HDR even though it doesn't actually support it. Uh, so that's – I'm not sure how they missed that one, but uh Yeah. That's probably going to be fixed in the next patch, or it might be an indication that they're actually going to add HDR support to the Xbox One X version, which would be very nice for those that could use it. Um, But yeah, it just
3: bothers me that I feel like I have to play whack a mole with the version that's actually going to work right.
0: (laughs) Yeah it's true yeah it's like it's it's weird <laughs> it's it really is weird because it's like it's i mean you you remember back in the day when uh every single console port of a game was completely different uh, uh yeah it, in a sense we're kind of there again but it, they're all different for completely for different reasons. stupid reasons yeah <laughs> it's like uh yeah the switch version looks like ass and uh it plays like, it ass. like ass yeah uh Meanwhile, the Xbox One version looks brilliantly, but jumps around like you know, like it's on a pogo stick for no apparent reason. Uh, and you know, the PS4 version is just kind of hanging out and doing its thing. So,
3: yeah, I just, I just don't know how you, I don't know how you do this. And and I guess the other part for me is like, how do you do that with a straight fucking face? Mm. You know, and like, especially somebody as well respected as Egan, like you know, we've. Is it, is it 505? No, no, i say 505 is a. They've done a bunch of other shit. I'm trying to think if they any other issues.
0: Oh uh, yeah, um, like uh, dropping Defense Grid Two and dropping yeah. marketing support for them, and Pay yeah. Payday Two. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. They're not Five Hundred Five is not exactly my favorite publisher. Let's put it this way.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, so that's that's that was one of the concerns that I had when uh, they signed on as uh, as the publisher for that game. It's like, well, are they going to screw it up? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and well, we're seeing that now. Uh, Indications, though, are that as far as the Switch version goes, uh, getting that one to actually run properly isn't out of the question. Yeah, they, uh, they
4: seem willing to move heaven and earth to make it happen.
0: Yeah, they seem to actually be looking at potentially just giving the port to panic button help. <laughs> uh, well, and
3: you know, it's interesting about that, too, because the, the, the part of this that, that fucks with me the most... They should have done
0: that to begin with.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, number one. Yeah, absolutely. But number two is that part of this also feels like, you know, they knew. I think anybody looking at at Switch attachment rates for games knows that if they have a a relatively hyped game that's coming out. And there's a Switch version. A lot of people are going to buy that shit. Mm. And then especially something like this that's basically, you know, a, a glorified 2D game. That has Switch owner written all over it. Right. And... And that's the one platform that you guys kind of pretended, I guess, didn't exist. Like to me, the Switch should have been the P- the PC, frankly, probably should have been the last version, you know, that they were fucking with. But like you said, Phil, it definitely seems like it's a backport. Um, and it's just it's just one of those things. I mean, how long did this game take to come out? Four years. Four years. Like this is unacceptable, man. Mm-hmm. Like straight up and down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, they've got my they've had my money for a long time, so I'm kind of along for the ride at this point. So mm-hmm. you know. Uh, granted I'm actually enjoying the ride. Well we'll talk about the rest of that later though. <laughs> yeah. uh, anything else, please? Uh
3: no. Well, not anything that's worth talking about. Mm. Uh just you know, just trying to get all this other shit done and and uh uh I'm hoping to play um I got it on Friday? I think it was Friday or Saturday. I got Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I just have not had a chance to play it because of all this stuff with my kids' band camp. So probably when we jump off the podcast, uh, I'm going to go play that with him and, and see how that goes. From everything I've, I've read, it is apparently just like the, original, the the other two Marvel Alliance games, but with a lot more RPG systems and, and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, And it looks like it's relatively short at 10 hours, but has a shit ton of replayability. Hmm. Uh, so, all I gotta, kind I have, of game. Yeah, so I'm super happy. It's also apparently four players. I'm going to see if I can get my wife to play it with me and my son. So um, if I don't show up next week, uh, you know why.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so should we get to some news? Yeah. Let's get to some news. All right. Uh, so in a move that should surprise absolutely no one, the release date for Luigi's Mansion 3 has been set for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sounds yeah. That's... appropriate. Yep. So, uh, yeah, if you were expecting that game to uh, come out around that time, well, there you go. Um, looks- I'm
1: actually uh, excited for it. I've been waiting for a proper console Luigi's Mansion game for a while, and because uh, I loved the first one. It looks great. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it yeah. does. The so.
1: first one was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, I'm just glad Luigi actually has something he can call his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, is trying to steal it from him.
0: Yeah. Like that gooey, He's an asshole. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I think it's the Nintendo game I'm looking most forward to this fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over Link's Awakening and uh, Pokemon. Mm. This just looks more interesting than those right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: kind of does. So. Mm. Alrighty. Uh, so these next two, I think we could kind of take these uh, together because they're kind of similar a uh, couple of studio departures to talk about uh yeah co-founder of blizzard uh frank pierce is taking off after 28 years uh yeah i'm i'm interested to hear what you think about this week. Is it's it seems like all of the yeah. old guard except for one they're getting is hollowed
3: out man yeah blizzard's getting hollowed out yeah this is uh i remember i was actually reading that when he was leaving when i was on vacation last week and um or that it was you know that was gonna be happening. It was like, holy shit, really another one? And it's one of those things like when you when you read anything about like Mike Morheim uh, and 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 this gentleman and then really all the old Blizzard brain trust, you know, a lot of it was remember Blizzard became famous for saying soon, you know, the game will be ready soon. Mm-hmm. And That was because these guys loved the kinds of games that they were making. Um, and, And because they loved them, they were also the most critical of what they were making. And that's why, you know, you still have games that they made 25 years ago or 20 years ago, like Starcraft and Diablo. People still, you know, really are like, these are some of the greatest games ever made. And you switch to that to kind of how blizzard is now which is just we have to kind of keep producing content because we have people that are on these these treadmills so to speak and we got to keep them there and yada 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 like i've stopped playing wow they just recently did a brand new patch and i just i cannot stomach it like it just feels like a chores list Hmm. Uh, um and and it's a better place i know i know but no it it, but it, it speaks to i think a sort of a general shift in gaming as a whole um, like I think the la- and of course I've been I've been absent for a few weeks, but remember on the E3 show I think it was um, Chris and I were, were 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 talking and one of the things that came up was like it's okay for a game to end, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think what we've seen in the industry a lot has been um, every game that gets produced needs to be like the end all be all, but then also because a lot of these games are frankly being forced out the door before they're ready, you also have these have to have these development staff available. Uh, in order to fix things that should never have been shipped broken. And we've seen Activision especially really, really lean on this. Like uh, from all the internal reports and things like that that I've read about what's going on at Blizzard, you know, had all those people get laid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they're saying that they're doubling up on how much content they're going to try and produce and everything else like that. But uh, I think that's sort of an anthema for the way that Blizzard works. And so I think seeing folks like Moreheim and and everybody else kind of just abandoning ship um shows that there is a corporate culture now that is surrounding Blizzard that these guys aren't they're not okay with and they're not going to deal with. Look, they already got their money. You know, I think Morheim was like 60 or 50, late 50 something like that, and it's just like fuck it. Why if I got the money, why am I going to stick around mm. and keep having this fight? You know, I'm going to go play with my grandkids, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um and so, with Frank Pierce especially leaving, and, and you know all the old, and, and when you look at even the the more recent hits they have, the only person that's still really around um, that was like old school is uh, is Tiggle, and he's the guy that's that's heading up Overwatch. Jeff Kaplan, mm-hmm. you know, he was he was the original lead on World of Warcraft, um, and I also think a lot of this has to do with the community aspect. Like Blizzard has definitely been, uh, and we saw this backlash happen at uh, at the last BlizzCon. Blizzard is a company that for almost entirely since its inception has, has basically tried to treat its fans as if they were friends. Right. Mm. And I think you've seen that attitude slowly get replaced over the last few years. and kind of come, came to a head at the last BlizzCon um, with the Diablo Immortal announcement. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of get the, you get the impression that, the people that are making decisions at Blizzard or for Blizzard um, are really doing it because of what they need a spreadsheet to say, um, rather than you know what is going to be fun. and And it's a really it's a really sad thing to see because when you have these, like remember, we, and you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. You know, the the thing is, is these games aren't made by corporations, right? Like they're, they're under that corporate banner, but they're made by people, and people are the ones that, that that make a lot of these decisions that can make a lot of our favorite games really, really special. Um, and when you see those people leave, and you let the the corporation take over, um, you end up with situations like Konami. You know, um, you, you frankly you see situations that lead to something like Bloodstain going to being kickstarted um, rather than being something that uh, uh, would be made by by a major corporation. And so I think what we're what we're seeing now is we're seeing Blizzard sort of just get taken apart and hollowed out to where the only people that are going to be there aren't any of the original folks. That really just kept the culture alive, um, and would and would be willing to do something like, frankly, that we don't see in the industry anymore, which is. We're going to put this game off until it actually works. Like, WoW is a perfect example. WoW is so buggy now, it's astonishing. And it never used to be that way. Like, you would get quests that would bug here and there, but especially in Vanilla and, and the Burning Crusade and, and Wrath, you didn't encounter very much bugginess. Even though it was an MMORPG with a shit ton of interlocking systems and everything else of like that, it was very rare to come across bugs that would just fuck you over or fuck things up or crash the game or anything else like that. Uh, it, it is completely different now. Um, everything that, that, that's in WoW now is actually more simplified. The questing, everything else like that, even the rotations for all the characters are simpler and, there are still just annoying bugs that you can encounter regularly. Like My wife plays a demon hunter, and they have this thing called a burning rush where they shoot forward. And you can do it in the air. You can do it on the ground. It's like a dash basically. And if you, what, what a lot of demon hunters will do is they will jump because they can put out wings and glide. So they have a lot more maneuverability than any other class. They can double jump and glide. So what a lot of demon hunters will do is they'll double jump, glide, hit fell rush, shoot like 30 meters forward, pop out their wings again to keep gliding, and then fell rush again. Well, since 8.1, there has been a glitch that basically every other time that you fell rush in the air, you'll drop like a stone. <laughs> and they still haven't fixed it. But what they have done is, you know, they've, they've produced a new continent area that has the same recycled quests that were in the last patch. And, you know, that kind of thing is over and over. So I think when you look at that as a whole and you look at somebody like uh, Frank Pierce leaving, you look at the the Hearthstone people leaving. Um, what was his name? Ben Brode has recently left morheim left um god i can't remember the guy i'm drawing a blank on his name i can picture his face but he was uh rob pardo left and he was the one that designed some of the best classes and wow he helped design diablo 2 uh he did a shit ton of work uh work on warcraft starcraft all that chris metzen is gone like all these guys are gone and and so what you're left with is is a name that doesn't produce the same style of work um and so seeing seeing uh Pierce leave is, is crazy because every other one of these people that's left, with the exception of Moorheim and I don't know what Pierce is doing, they've all started something else.
1: Hmm. So the
3: fact that they've started something else is really, I think, says it all. Because otherwise, Blizzard was previously a place where if you had a great idea, they they would work on it and let's iterate, great let's, great iterate let's iterate, let's iterate. Yeah, let's. It, it was a great place to have those ideas, um, and that's just completely gone. Um, and, and again, when you have those people leaving and they're starting new studios or doing new projects or anything else like that, um, that speaks to the corporate culture, not being, uh, accepting of, of that kind of behavior in which the same behavior that made Blizzard successful. So I think it's a goddamn shame and, uh, it's just, it's so much, it's getting so much harder for me. And and I'm a huge, you guys know I'm a huge fan of theirs, but it's, it's so much harder these days to support anything they're doing because it just feels like their Activision with with you know a name that used to mean something.
0: Yeah, well they actually, are. They've been fully mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: So uh, with that, uh, yeah. I'm telling you, come to Aorzea; yeah, it's a better place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If
3: I can convince my wife to do it, I've got the key uh, for for her and for me. If I can convince her to do it, I'll I'll do it. And that, it's funny; my buddy Jason has been he's he's a big Final Fantasy. 14 fan and he played 11 and he he played 14 before the, it got rebooted and all that shit and mm. and he's just like yeah you should totally try it out because you know you could just switch classes you don't have to make a new character because what actually actually you can one
4: literally of the, switch classes by setting it to a hotkey
3: <laughs> yeah well that's that's actually one of the things that's really frustrating for my wife and, and i think it's, it's frustrating for the health of wow in general is you know if you just roll a new class you're doing the same content over and over and over again. And that used to be okay because the content was interesting. It's not anymore. Hmm. So, you know, if you end up playing a class or you end up playing like like I did, I've, I've played a Death Knight since they put them in and, and Wrath of the Lich King. Before that, I was a warrior. And Death Knight was pretty much my jam until this expansion because they just they completely changed the way the, the classes play and it's just not fun anymore. So if I want to level, and I've got a, I've got a few high-level characters, but if I want to level a different class, I've got to drag them through content again just to get them leveled up. Um, and I don't want to do that. I don't know how Final Fantasy works in that regard. but uh,
4: um, The way Final Fantasy works in that regard is that all of your questing is tied to your character. Okay. And um, now you can't move your character just as fr- completely freely from uh, one data center to the next, but your data center is an entire cluster of... Um, You know, eight to ten servers. So, you do have some latitude there. Hmm. If you, but if you want to if you want to have a character on another data center, you're either going to uh, pay ten bucks to move your existing character, or you're going to um, start a new character on there. But other than that, if if all you want to do is change classes, um, yeah, that's a free action and. Yeah, um all you have to do is do the quest to unlock the the class
3: well so then how do you level
4: the class um do content oh, okay. do your hunting log mm. do fates yeah
3: one of these days maybe but yeah it, it's funny i i i hope i i actually have i will probably play wow a little bit for this one questing area just so i can get flight there because they make it so that applies to everybody on your um uh, your account but I just, and like, the, the big bad of this of this patch is is one of the oldest characters in the game where, like, normally that would be, like, a huge draw for me. Like, yeah, I want to go kick, it's a you know, character named Queen Ashara. It's so like, yeah, I want to go kick Queen Ashara's ass, but I just, I just have no fucking interest. Because yeah. it's just, it's, I, and I don't even have an issue with repetition or doing it, it's just none of it is interesting. Like, I could do the same thing over and over again if it's fucking interesting. Well, Well, the story behind it is good. Come to whatever. It's
4: fucking interesting here.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right.
4: So,
0: uh, yeah. Another new, another news, uh, Tim Willits has been at id software for 24 years. Um, after QuakeCon, he's, uh, stepping away. Uh, yeah, he's going to be announcing his, uh, plans. Well, like he said, after QuakeCon, knows what he's going to be doing. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird to see him go because uh, of all the the studios, I don't think it was one that was having a lot of problems. Uh, no. So it's going to be very interesting to see what he ends up doing. I mean, I mean Doom Eternal was coming out along really nicely. Uh, the reaction to Rage Two was a little bit mixed, but a lot of people loved it. Some people didn't. Um, Maybe that whole Commander Keen thing. Well that was Xenamax, mm-hmm. but anyway. Uh so that was uh, a huge party foul though. Yes. They, they really that was just nope,
4: nope, nope. Um so
0: uh we have Tim Willis like, leaving. I, I was
4: honestly offended when that happened.
0: Yeah. So with Tim Willis leaving, that leaves uh the only two longtime Id, uh, people left are uh uh yeah, Kevin Cloud and uh Donna Jackson, who was the office manager back then. Uh, the only two from the from the old guard that are still there. So, wow. uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if there's politics or if it's just uh, you know maybe it I want to do my own time. thing. Yeah, because uh, yeah. they, they are. It is on by Zenimax, so yeah. you know there, there could be some weird shenanigans going on there. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll follow this as uh, as it goes on. Uh, in other news, uh us see. Uh, if you want uh, to try out Final Fantasy VII Remake, well, uh, you can do that in Dreams because... software fashion. Sort of, yeah. yeah. But someone is insane and decided that he wanted to remake Final Fantasy VII Remake inside of Dreams because he could, I guess?
1: Yeah, I actually got to tell you, people have been making some pretty awesome stuff in Dreams. It is... It's true. It is... Unbelievable the amount of stuff you can do in it. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, I believe somebody's like remaking Crash Bandicoot yeah. mm-hmm. in there. It's like a lot of people doing some really cool stuff.
1: Yeah, Dreams
0: looks a whole lot like Project Spark, but uh, expanded doesn't out suck. to um, <laughs> expanded out to some uh, to like a ridiculous level.
1: Well, uh, it doesn't. The difference kind of is Dreams. It's not as limited in its assets as Project Spark was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Sparky so, had like asset packs that you could use and it was it was difficult if not impossible to bring in your own. Yeah. Uh, so uh
2: and here it's a lot of community made stuff. So people make yeah. some cool stuff and you can share it and they'll get properly credited for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you can model it? stuff inside of the game itself is helpful. So Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, this is uh, some good stuff. Uh, I, I, the, the the more that it goes, the more I'm very very tempted to just jump into dreams and see what this thing is all about because it's 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 fascinating the stuff that I'm seeing coming out of this. So yeah. All right, uh, let's get to let's get to bloodstained and the uh, quote unquote uh, fixes uh, coming up uh, for the game. Now uh one thing I need to to stress here is that the team that is behind these fixes and the team that is working on the switch performance are two different teams. Uh okay. So, so be aware of that because one is working on one team is working on content and the
4: other is working on performance. Uh, so, so what you're saying is that one team's changes might cause the other teams to break. Basically.
1: Mhm.
4: Um so yeah, let's uh, there's
0: we'll uh, these are the uh, stuff. We'll start with the stuff that's non-controversial. Uh map improvements much needed. Uh change the change the mapping of the button so that it actually makes more sense. Uh mar- markers for quests uh disappear once you've completed the quest, which was a little, always a little bit annoying. Uh let's see. i uh, it will the the uh the map will now actually like uh center to where you are instead of just mm-hmm. being off somewhere else which I never did understand why they didn't that wasn't the default to begin with so uh so yeah some map improvements there and then like the rest of it is pretty much all uh oh they fixed the text the uh, text in the end credits mm. um okay yeah uh and then there's a whole bunch of nerfs or at least some of them seem to be uh, first uh, ones that they couple of, that they mention is the uh let's see here oh, familiar changes. this is the one that uh, sounds like a nerf, but actually isn't. Uh, so uh familiar upgrades it says that uh, we they're they're going to be reduced uh, by uh, the amount of power that you get uh, from a familiar is going to be reduced by upgrading their, their shard. Uh, but that's being offset by the fact that uh, they're going to get more power when they level. Uh, so uh, it's going to end up being a little bit of a net positive, I think, when that happens. Mm. Yeah.
3: So why even do it?
4: Uh, because it's expensive. Mm. Uh, yeah. Upgrading shards is expensive. So, it's basically uh, to nerf it in the early game, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Mm. So it's... it's
4: You know... It, because once you start getting, once you start trying to
0: upgrade those shards, uh, the material costs that you need to to do it go up and up. Uh, so uh, it, it seems to make more sense that uh, in the early game, it probably makes more sense to have the the familiar just getting more powerful on their own. Uh, so that'll that'll be good. Uh, the dual hammerhead is getting is getting nerfed. Um, not really sure why they're doing that. Uh, given... They, I, I'm not really sure why they mention that particular one specifically, but I guess we'll see. Eh. Uh, there's a whole bunch of shard nerfs, which don't need to happen. Uh, much of these... Let's see here. Well, yeah. I, I guess I could see why you would nerf Bunny Morphosis, because uh, if uh, if you upgrade that particular shard a couple of times you wreck shit.
2: <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Uh shard is this Bunny Morphosis. It's the one where uh, you turn into a little bunny creature and just wreck shit.
3: I can't say I've encountered that yet. Yeah,
0: you'll you'll get it. Uh, you'll get it fairly It's it's a fairly early in-game shard. So, I mean, you'll probably pick it up very shortly. Uh but yeah, upgrading that a couple of times makes uh makes the attack speed so fast you can just like do some really stupid damage uh, so I can understand why they would uh nerf that one a little bit uh, flame cannon doesn't need nerfing straight arrow doesn't need nerfing chaser arrow it actually needs buffing uh, what well, uh, a heretical grinder really doesn't need nerfing because that's one of the that's one of the early equalizers you've got in the game uh, early on uh circle ripper meh shooting dagger meh Welcome company being nerfed from uh, an initial five portraits to three. I am not happy with that at all. Eh. That really didn't need to be uh, nerfed uh, again. That's another
3: uh,
0: <laughs> that's another early equalizer. Eh. Uh. Although, if they do manage to uh, you know have Welcome Company persist across screens, that would be really nice. It's really annoying having to cast that every single time you change screen. Uh, then there's some weapons that they're, uh, that they're going to be nerfing. Flying Edge really doesn't need nerfing. It's already kind of weak to begin with. Uh, but I guess, yeah, they feel like, uh, that's, that's the thing that needs nerfing. Uh, and then, uh, Riva Valor. That fucking doesn't need nerfing. That's an endgame weapon. Yeah, you get, you get that. You should be godlike. So, yeah, not happy with that. Uh. Uh and finally HP buffs for a couple of the monsters, uh Dula Hammerhead and uh Malediction. Yeah, great. Like make malediction even more annoying. Yeah. So uh needless to say, if you scroll down and look at the comments for this, they are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is another one of those um the graphics look like poop type of situations where the last time this happened they were very they were very willing to listen um hopefully that continues and they actually like you know implement changes that their community actually wants uh so we'll wait and see cuz i mean uh at this point i'm kind of stuck so and i want to play through the game as Getsu, so i have to keep the game installed so there hmm. So that's bloodstained. Uh, it's 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 got some issues, but
3: why why nerf this thing? I don't. Uh... It's a single player game. Why would you need to do
0: that? Yeah. Uh, I know that they're going to be adding uh, some sort of async multiplayer at some point, but I don't think that would really ma- matter that much. I just the thing that, that strikes
4: me. You is cannot so... nerf your way to a fun game. No, no.
3: <laughs> and the thing is, is, remember, like, what if they they were nerfing crazy shit in Symphony of the Night before? Yeah, you know,
4: the crazy shit was what helped make that game fun. It's yeah.
3: like, I'm Imagine doing 4,000 damage.
4: Of Symphony of the Night now. Yeah, like, Is that a world we would want to live in? No. No. <laughs> Although somebody is
0: doing a rebalancing of Symphony of the Night and adding a whole bunch of new moves and stuff, so that actually does look kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I really wouldn't want them to have changed it so that it, it just turns into one regular grind fest and that's that's what i feel like this is uh heading in that direction uh which is why people are so upset about it so well
3: i think the other part of it too is that like pat said you can't nerf yourself into a fun game especially when you're when you're starting
4: with a fun game to begin with In multiplayer versus it can be necessary if something is ridiculously overpowered but even then you need to weigh the pros and cons very heavily hmm. and make sure it is an absolutely necessary change to make and that it can't be offset by buffs to other things. Hmm. Right.
3: And the and the other part of it that bothers me is it's just like, okay. So you're nerfing this stuff. Like there's the like we said a minute ago, the thing that made Symphony of the Night was you fun at least to me? Is you could play it completely straight if you wanted to, and just go the way they wanted, or do some absolutely insane shit and break the game. That adds replayability to it. Mm, yeah. That's that's one of the things that made Final Fantasy Tactics so fun. You know, it's it's the reason why Marvel vs. Capcom two last is still being played now and the, you know they came out with newer versions of the game and people don't fucking like them it's because the solution when you find something that you know might be considered game breaking or anything that you want to nerf is to not really look at that and go well, we need to tone that down is to look at the other things that you need to adjust but that was also a multiplayer game like this is just that and that goes back to my conundrum before like so do i play it now with all the technical fucking problems because maybe this version is gonna be more fun <laughs> or do I wait six months, and then maybe they nerf it into the ground? It's not nearly as fucking fun, but hey, at least the frame rate keeps up. Like, I, just as a consumer, that's a shitty position to put me in. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, they're hearing about it. <laughs> a lot of people are making that
3: point. Yeah, those <laughs> Kickstarter comments are fucking great. <laughs> it's like, really? So, yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like, I mean, it... it, it you also have to consider, and like Phil, of course, we you know we know what you said. It's not the same teams that are working on it, but man, you got to fucking point that shit out. Because mm-hmm. like, in fact, there was even a comment I was reading through while we were on the, on the we've been on the podcast. One of them was like, "Oh, I see. So you're uh, you're prioritizing Nerf's over fixing the fucking game I paid for."
0: <laughs> it's like no, they're not doing that. That's two different teams working on it, but uh, you can see why they should have said that. <laughs> so yeah, but anyways. Uh, well, I will keep following this game because I actually I'm into, I, I'm actually in the uh, position where I'm actually enjoying it because for whatever reason I happen to end up with platforms that I'm not having technical issues on. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, so let's move on. Uh, we got some good news for Streets of Rage Four. Uh, Yusaku Kushiro is uh, in fact going to be doing the soundtrack for it. Uh, of course.
2: Yeah, if
4: he didn't, I think there are people who would riot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, they
2: also got some more, brought some people friends along. as well. Yeah. yeah. There's a collaborator, Motohiro Kawashima mm-hmm. from the original streets of rage. Uh, let see. They got Yoko Shimamura yes. uh, from kingdom hearts, final Fantasy 15 and some other stuff.
4: Street mm-hmm. fighter 2, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Hideki Naganuma.
4: Not
2: mm-hmm. for jet radio. radio. Yeah. And Sonic rush and K.G. Yamagishi, uh, original Ninja Gaiden on the NES. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's uh, some I good stuff. I love this. There's, this is one really interesting case, because the first time we saw this game, we were like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, oh no. But as uh, as time has gone by and they've given out more and more information, it's like, you know what? These guys look
3: like they're actually handling this correctly. Um. So Yeah, but... I'm going to be that dude. Like, yeah, it looks like they're doing everything right, but trust me, this will be something I wait a month on <laughs> after it comes out.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. I'll probably end up with a code for this one, but... We'll, I I, I don't know. There's not... Uh, there's very little here that makes me go... That sets off warning bells, or at least for now. Mm. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and see, but I like it. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, remember that uh, that Super Monkey Ball leak? Uh, yeah, it turned out to be Banana Blitz HD. So,
2: oh wow, yeah. Uh, at least the nice thing is uh, the original was on the Wii,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which the motion, it was controlled by motion controls, so people were not huge fans of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, now they have to essentially remake that uh, control scheme for uh, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC at some later time. But the those first three are October 29th.
0: Yeah. That should be that should be interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know what I would it's love a to see. Small game.
0: Yeah. You know what I'd love to see them do Uh mm, Super Monkey Ball VR. Ooh. Mm. Mm.
4: That would probably. Uh, I'm getting motion sickness thinking about it. But yeah, I still that's play what I was going to say. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah. I could see it working because you would just have your your view would be the one that's uh, you know straight, and you'd be moving the. The board around.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah direct yeah. With, with a view directly behind your monkey. Yeah, yeah. or above it, like above whatever it. you wanted. You know, it's uh the
0: potential there to have like uh, a yeah, good cause... view of depth would be mm-hmm. very nice.
2: Yeah, like the tabletop kind of view is something that really works in VR.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm kind of now that it's coming to PS4, I'm kind of down with this. You'll be playing you know? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Nintendo kind of announced a new Switch, but not really, but kinda. Uh, we Go had ahead. we had the Switch Lite last week that we talked about. Well, this mm-hmm. week it's the standard Switch. It's getting an update. Yeah. Uh, it's basically a silent update in place. Nothing yeah. particularly special about it, um, except the battery life. <laughs> yeah, which is coming from the the Tegra X One uh chip, just because it's a die shrink, so it uses less yeah. power to begin with. It uh, can hit the yeah. same clocks as the standard switch at a lower voltage, which translates to better battery life. So,
2: And significant battery life, too. Yeah. Uh, like their lowest number is 2.5 on the original and 4.5 here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6.5 at the max to 9. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which is like, all right, maybe I go for this over the light. Yeah. Just awesome. wait for the light for another time.
0: Yeah also has the potential of uh, faster clocks to begin with because of that uh, die-shrink chip. So whether... Currently, from the firmware analysis that people have done, there's no plans to do that. Uh, but they could. So Switch games could potentially perform a little bit better if Nintendo decides that they wanted them to. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah it's worth mentioning. I mean, uh, yeah. this isn't the Switch Pro people are waiting for, but... You know, if you're going to buy a switch, chances are it's probably going to be one of these. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah. Just make sure you look up what the the difference with the boxes are. Yeah, make sure you get the right ones.
0: Yeah. So, although if you're not, you know, if you're somebody who's going to be playing and talked about it, this it's not really. I
3: matter. need I need it to be listed as new new Nintendo Switch. <laughs> the new new. The Is new it? new.
0: Yeah, they they just keep adding a new every year. Uh, so, by 20, 2025, we'll be like the new, 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 new Switch. Uh, of course. That, that's something Apple would do. Really. Or
4: just put the exponent up there like new to the fifth power.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what is... Oh, Nintendo's also in a little bit of legal trouble, apparently, for uh, uh, Joy-Con Switch Drift.
2: Switch Joy-Con oh, that's Good! Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, this, this guy like announced.
3: Sony level fuckery, man.
2: Hmm. Eh. It was filed by Ryan Diaz in Seattle, Washington. Alleges Joy Cons overwhelmingly experience the drift issue. Uh, Given enough time, the problem becomes unfixable and games will perceive analog stick movement without any such input. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he activated Nintendo's warranty for Joy Cons at the first experience the problem sentence in. Only we'll have it crop up again a few months later. Hmm. And after one fix, one attempt, uh, Nintendo makes you pay for.
0: It. Yeah. I um, get the sense that the Joy Cons were not entirely the most well thought out
4: pieces of equipment. Hmm. <laughs> thought out in what sense? Like at all? <laughs> um, well, conceptually, they're fantastic. Yeah,
0: just engineered. Uh, I don't think they uh, they quite got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Because at uh,
2: launch, they had the sync issues for some people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and this time around, it seems like the the sticks just don't work as well after a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, fortunately for me, it's not been an issue, but I don't use it as much as probably some of these people do.
4: Yeah. Well, I play docked all the time, so I just have a controller plugged in. Hmm.
2: Yeah, unless you're well, playing a game that doesn't support the Pro Controller yeah. or anything like that. I
4: don't play any games that don't support the Pro Controller. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's
2: Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah. For some reason, decides it doesn't want to, because... Sound like that thing doesn't have gyro and it could do this exact same stuff for the yeah. switch or the joy cons can do. Could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that?
3: I know. For me, I'm I'm waiting for one of mine to start drifting because I play mostly in docked, and now my kid is playing um, the ever living fuck at a Mario Maker two. <laughs> and you know the thing is, I, I think a lot of people wouldn't be nearly as upset about this if they weren't so fucking expensive. Yeah. You know, or if you could just yeah. buy one. You know. Well, yeah, can. I think that's
2: the thing with uh the way they have the the different controller uh colors mm. coming out it's like mm. you can't buy one by itself yeah, yeah. unless you, you get it second hand yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. But and it's like people are like,
2: I just want that new purple one that's coming out, so mm-hmm. want the blue one mm. It's like no, you gotta get it blue in, I forget, it a blue and orange yeah. I think and it's like red and purple or yellow and purple, so I'm like that people like, you know these if you do complementary colors. Uh, these are paired wrong. <laughs> yeah, kind Which of. it be purple and orange, and the, the blue and the the yellow. Mm.
0: So, right. is there a way to join this uh, this class if uh, you're experiencing
2: it's not, this? I don't think it's at that stage just yet.
4: It's going to be though, you know. It. And, yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah. The let's see. Yeah, they talked to a lawyer who seems to be uh not on board with this. Says for Nintendo, the best case is it gets dismissed, or so the class doesn't get like certified for some reason. Worst case, Nintendo faces millions in damages and millions more in attorney's fees. But I think that's pretty unlikely.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, so Nintendo uh, decided that uh, it, it would be a good idea to delete some uh, Super Mario Maker levels from one of its biggest uh, supporters uh, and not really give much of a reason.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's so this uh, is Grand Pooh Bear, who... Uh, Last time around with uh, the first game also had issues. Uh, Usually stemming from his username in the game being uh, Pooh Bear. Mm -hmm. Having some variation of that uh, sort of thing. Or having Pooh as the name or something like that. Oh, for fuck's Uh, sake. Stupid stuff like that. Uh, But this time around, everything he's gotten uh, uh, about this level particularly... That's one called, uh, let's see, he made a Kaizo level, mm-hmm. called Pilopu Kai Kaizero G, uh, which then he got an email uh, from them. It's like like, uh, course, uh, all right, it says violation, inappropriate and or harmful content. This is Nintendo's final decision. Uh, if violations occur, continue. Uh, other actions, such as restricting usage of Nintendo account services, may be taken. Uh, we appreciate your cooperation in creating an enjoyable online environment. As uh, t- to know, you know, stupid shit. But he's talked to support people, and it's like uh, I've been told specifically by people at Nintendo that this is not due to my name being Pooh multiple times, as there is two characters in Nintendo canon named that. Mm. And the Earthbound Pooh is legit part of my name origin. I don't know if I should continue creating levels at this point. And he's been a, a big part of the community, like even creating like. Uh, tutorial levels sort of teaching uh, people about different kinds of new new mechanics that they may not be so great at, and that the the base levels don't address mm-hmm. too much mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, and like just getting this weird lack of information of what is the issue and how he could further avoid it in the future, and like his username in the game is just G P B, so not even like That's not even his username issue. is an issue, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, where it's like you know if you're going to try and uh, you know curate a community here uh, being so vague about what issues people have with game with the uh, the levels is not a good way to keep that going uh, and it's especially when uh, it's one of the the top makers in the game
0: yeah you uh, you, you think you'd want to at least you know uh, reach out to this person and like you know explain but uh, yeah. Nintendo doesn't communicate
2: to anybody very well. No. And this is a this is a game that just ignores your Switch friends list completely. Yep. Mm. So if you wanted to follow any of those people and see what stuff they're making, you have to go outside of the Switch ecosystem to find out their codes. Yeah. Cause... That sort of stuff. And I would not be surprised if this was uh, something that I don't know, a bunch of assholes decided to just flag his level uh, a bunch of times. Could and be. it gets, uh, you know, sent to moderation for that. Yeah. And then they just... And since
4: it's no Nintendo, longer play everything's it. automated, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. and they
2: don't play it, so they're like, all right, this, this is getting flagged, so obviously there's something real bad here. Yeah. Uh, we'll just delete it. Yeah. And, like, you can't re-upload it. Yeah. That's... Either, so... You'd have to completely remake it from scratch. Hmm. And maybe figure out what might be either the level in the game, or hope that people don't be assholes again. mm yeah, yeah and on thing.
3: the internet, that's a, hmm. it's a strong hold. That's a big ask. Yeah. 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 Have we
0: mentioned that Nintendo um, has issues with uh, online services? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if the topic has I ever mean, come like, up on the show like, before. Not today. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, hopefully that gets resolved at, at some point. But, I mean, remember what they did with the original Mario Maker, which... Basically, like, the levels just disappeared when they decided that, uh, man, they were tired of supporting yeah. the whole thing, so... Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah. that
0: wasn't very long after the original game's release, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, I'm not sure you could actually, in good conscience, actually support a Nintendo online service. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh What you could support, though, is 8 doe and their SNES uh, Pro controller, which looks amazing.
2: Uh, yeah, it's gonna be out August seventh, and they've done some really cool stuff here. Uh, I did have the Aibedos site up here real quick They had some more information on it. Uh, so yeah, it's they've done some other controllers like this that were essentially didn't have the, the handles on them, mm-hmm. so they're more like the original Super Nintendo controller. Yeah, uh, but this time it has more like PlayStation style handles on them, yeah. uh, which made them a bit easier to hold. Uh but also they got a lot of uh cool uh customization stuff with their uh Ape ultimate software that's what they're calling it uh you can remap all the uh the buttons uh change them to whatever uh other uh buttons you want them to be uh, you can customize the sticks to get higher precision all that sort of stuff hair trigger adjustment uh you can modify the vibration if you want and uh also set up macros
0: yeah if you want to. Yeah. And
2: uh, not so that kind of much for these. Yeah, it's fifty bucks. Mm. It's up on Amazon right now. I need it. Where are the
3: where are the Super Famicom colors?
2: I think that's uh, not option. here. That will be an option, unless that's the one on the.
3: No, they got the, the Famicom colors. No, that's yeah the purple. Yeah, the other that looks like it's more like an original Famicom. Then they have one <laughs> that looks like the SNES. But they don't have any of the Super Famicom with the rainbow buttons.
2: Not yeah. yet, at least. Yeah. Uh, nice. But yeah, the, the ones I got right now are black. uh, There's like a Super Nintendo style. There's one with the the purple buttons.
4: Hmm.
3: And you need an adapter for these to the, the Switch, don't you?
2: Uh,
4: uh, I'm trying to see what it says here. I thought they were pretty friendly with uh, Bluetooth mm. controllers.
0: Yeah, Switch is pretty good with Bluetooth controllers. Uh, the earlier 8-bit Do ones had issues pairing. Uh, but yeah, they actually it says USB C, but
2: also wireless Bluetooth 4.0. Yeah, so.
0: also
2: works on uh, PC as well as uh, your mobile games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it includes the clip. They have a smartphone clip. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't seem like it does, but yeah, that's they have a to. smartphone clip for that. Mm-hmm. So, so if you want to play your, your emulation emulators. stuff on there. <laughs> yeah. so.
3: I love it. I love you look at the video for what they're doing. Like, it's they're it shows them playing like Tomb Raider, then like Mario and all that, but the hand motions are the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, very, very steady game players. Uh, these guys. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. 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 So. Huh. yeah, actually, I might be interested in checking that. Out. I like I had some of their more original controllers, so that's actually. Yeah, it's really Pretty it's cool. really
0: interesting that like, how much this company has improved their quality.
3: I mean, uh, they had d- shitty D-pads before, but apparently they fixed those. Yeah, they're they're yeah. really good now.
2: It's like yeah. here's a controller is better than the the pro controller. Yeah. And it's 20 bucks cheaper.
0: Yep. Yeah, so. Uh and finally we'll end on a positive note. Uh people Do we have uh, to? Yeah. People's up <laughs> Game Store Games have been disappearing. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, this is a, yes. I like this. I like where this is going.
0: So, uh, yeah, uh, so there is there's a thread on Reddit where people have been uh, f- trying to figure out why games that they got from the Epic Game Store, be it free games or purchases, like have been disappearing from their library, and uh, how like uh, some of their Fortnite stuff just went away and. So this ended up going uh you know a friend of the show Sid Alpha, started investigating this and, mm-hmm. which ended up uh basically catching Tim Sweeney's attention uh and they started all looking into this and decided and figured out um actually there were some issues on both Epic's end and on the players' end that were uh causing this.
4: Yeah. Um, it's just the shit show that keeps on giving.
0: So, I'll uh, I'll go over what ha- what happened here. Uh, so, people were discovering that uh, their games that they had installed, if they uninstalled them, would disappear from their library. Uh, they looked in on their purchase history and they couldn't see the games because it wasn't clear initially that the purchase history only showed three months. Uh, And, you know, that game might have been purchased a little bit uh, longer ago. So, you know, they didn't have record of it. Uh, So here's what's happened so far. Uh, They've, Epic has adjusted the purchase history so that it now shows uh, your all time instead of just three months, which, well, uh, yeah, kind of should have been there that way from the beginning with. Uh, Also, uh, when you make a purchase, even if it's a free game, uh, they now send you a receipt. So that's nice. Um I got that recently when I added limbo to my epic game store account now here 's the really here 's the kicker about why this was happening uh, People were fat fingering their email addresses so well, yeah so they're they're logging in they 're logging into the epic game store and maybe they type their email address wrong they log in. And uh, yeah, the Epic Game Store didn't have any way of confirming email addresses. Well, it didn't have any way. They could have a way. It's Once you're signed in, you can do it. How uh, the blue fuck do you overlook that? Yeah, well, um, that's getting fixed. <laughs> uh, and uh, so what was happening was people were basically just logging into an account that didn't have anything, and then remembering, wait a minute, that's not... Is that my email address? Is it? Is that... The, the account that I actually used, and so uh, they were ending, and they couldn't log in. They couldn't recover their passwords, so they said, "Oh well, I'll just log in with my Google account," not knowing that when you do that, you're creating another account.
3: This actually happened to me with my kid. He tried to, he was trying to get a login done for him and his friend to play. Um, Fortnite, right, and then also use of the accounts, and all of the shit on our account disappeared
0: yeah mm. so that's that's what ha- that 's what happens if you uh, so basically, if you have uh, an email account and then you log in with uh, your your email address that you know is with your Google account or your whatever um, it it doesn 't overwrite that account because it 's technically a different email address. Way to go, guys. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to say that th- this ends on a positive note because, uh, yeah, if you uh, if you contact their support, uh, they will help you with this. They'll track down what email addresses got linked to whatever, and they'll merge all that stuff for you, and they'll come back in, and you'll have all your games back. Uh, so... Uh, and uh, this has actually prompted a little bit of uh, internal discussion over at Epic that uh, it, Sid was apparently privy to, and saying that uh, yeah, may, maybe we should kind of uh, ease off on the accelerator on uh, these, uh, <laughs> on getting so many platform exclusives
4: and actually put some some resources into making this shit work. Uh-huh. Well, they've already got to step up on Steam in having a, a functioning customer service division, so i got to give them a shout-out there. <laughs> yeah, well, Steam has one. Um, oh, you said functioning. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I qualify my words. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, Steam, officially they exist, but we just can't find them. Yeah. Well, I've had to use the support ticket system and it's uh it's it's sort
0: of worked, I guess. I don't know. Uh but yeah. Uh so
3: has uh, it though?
0: Well, I I don't know. I mean, I, the, the the issue that I had was with a game I wanted to refund and I was able to get that. So I guess they're paying attention to that part of it at least. I don't know. So uh but yeah. what a uh, Basically, uh, when it boils when it boils down to it, uh, the Epic Game Store is slowly but surely improving. Whether you like it or not is uh, completely up to you. Um, <laughs> it seems like they're actually interested in you know making things work better. Which uh, you know, given that they are the upstart, are even, they
3: though? I don't know. Like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like the Thor face, like really? Are they though? Like- <laughs> Uh, I don't know It's still It's still shocking Like I I wonder how long This is sustainable For them Because they can't Be making money At this point Like they can't be And they're giving away Games And they're paying Out the nose For exclusive Like there was Some developer I can't remember who it was I was reading about it When I was on vacation Who came out And was just like Yeah they fucking Paid us a lot of money yeah. And that's why We're going with The Epic Store Yeah And cool I'm Cool I appreciate the honesty
4: it's but it's one of those competition, it's it's a part of um having a a competitive marketplace. Yeah. But Well exclusives aren't
0: competitive. Exclusives are anti competitive by their well, nature.
3: Well regardless, I mean you can look at it that way, definitely. But the thing is is that the the fact of the matter is this exclusivity is costing them money, right? Yeah. Like and the free games have to be costing them money. Yeah, because they're paying. And I don't for each one imagine, right? I don't imagine they're making a lot of money. So, and even though we know Epic has a lot of money, and this could definitely just be a Microsoft-style mm-hmm. thing where it's like, look, we'll just, you know, we'll we'll get the shit kicked out of us essentially until we can be competitive, and we can lose that money and try to gain that hold. But the thing is, the most interesting part out of all of this for me, and I always go back to this, is that for me and maybe it's for you know other folks, maybe it's for you guys, I don't know, but you have to give me a compelling reason as to why I would choose the Epic Store over Steam or, or yeah. GOG or or being able to buy a Steam key from somewhere else, like any of those things, right? You have to give me a, a good reason to do that. And so far, the, the exclusives that they've secured are not a good reason. All of the stuff that they have around uh, that... Where their store is lacking and is deficient is not a good reason. Um, trying to clamp down on on customer feedback not a good reason. Now, I will give them credit when I actually reached out to Epic about that whole snafu with Nathan's uh, Fortnite account and everything. They were pretty quick to respond. Got to give them credit for that. Um, but it's still not it's still not enough. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to be breaking into a marketplace. Whatever it is, whether you're selling physical goods, digital goods, whatever, you have to be able to offer something that the competition can't. And they are so far behind that it seems like the the thing that they thought was the best thing to do that that they could offer that the competition couldn't would be exclusivity. But that's still not enough. Like that might have made a difference to me in the 16-bit era. But I don't give a fuck now. I don't have enough time to play games most of the time as it is. And there's probably 35 versions of whatever game is out there that I want to play. Like I was pretty interested in Borderlands 3. Not that interested for all the bullshit that they've pulled. you know. Not when there's all kinds of other looter shooters or whatever the fuck you want to call them that I can play. um, that aren't saddled with that sort of baggage. And then for me, there's also just the trust issue. I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing with my info.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they they've um, that's that's one big specter that they still got over their head. I mean, uh there's that 10 cent connection from uh from China and well, uh, while they've uh, gone on record as saying they don't have a controlling interest, it's still 40%. That's a
3: lot. It is a lot. Yeah, there, that's that's enough to be thrown around to be like, "Hey, you're going to do this." Hmm. You know? So,
0: yeah. I mean, if you're going to get into this market, I mean, you can't just be as good as the competition. You have to be a cut above and then some. I mean, it's got to be like if you're getting into this market, you have to be the obvious choice. Uh, and Epic Game Store just isn't that right now. Um, there's just there's so much that they need to address, and uh, exclusives aren't going to cover it. I think right now they're coasting on the, the Fortnite money because that's still yeah. making them bank. Uh, but how long is Mad that well going to is growing up fast, though. Yeah, I mean, at most, they probably have another two years uh, of that before, the, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, realistically, they've got about two years to get the Epic Game Store to at least be on par with Steam. And then Well
3: see, and I think I think that was their intention was is that like one thing you have to give Epic credit for, right? Like when they pivoted on Fortnite and everything else like that, they saw a lot of these changes coming. And it's paid off for them really, really well. And so I feel like them moving into the storefront situation was also done because they were like, We're we know at some point this is gonna this is gonna dry up. So let's get um, let 's get something else going that 's going to you know help supplement that so that it can be the next phase of of what we 're doing. but the thing is is they've they 've offered all kinds of compelling reasons for developers to be there, and I could totally see it like if you wrote this down on paper, okay, if we can secure the developers and get the kind of games that people want, then people will come to our store but at this point i mean with with how ubiquitous steam is, and then just the options that you have for buying steam keys. And then, not to mention any of the feature sets or anything else like that. I mean, you're just there are people that have been on Steam since what? Steam started what, like 2005? 2004. 2004. Mm -hmm. So you're 15 years of people having you know collections and everything else like that. How do you really fight against that? Okay, well you know get exclusives. But I'm sorry, this is not the console space. It's not going to be the place where people are going to go. This is the only place that I can play X and even then we've seen developers hedge their bets against that like yeah we'll be exclusive for you know for some of them we'll be exclusive year. on on Steam for, or on Epic for a little bit but then you know in a year or 6 months or whatever we're going to go over yeah you know cuz that's what we need to do that makes sense for us so at this point i mean it, it almost seems like they're really taking a console war style idea and thinking that it'll work in the PC space and i just i think this is this would have worked 10 years ago it's not going to work now
0: no it's not going to work now especially since Piracy on the PC is so easy. It's it's not as locked down yeah. as uh, as the console is. So you know if that's going to be that's always going to be a problem for for you know developers on the PC. If you're and if you're like limiting your game to a storefront that nobody really wants to support, you, you damn well you, you're going to see a big spike of piracy for that game. Yeah. So uh yeah, expect to see yeah, Borderlands well, three pirated about six hours after it's released.
3: That's what I'm really curious about. I think Borderlands three is gonna be the mm. it's gonna be the breaking point, I think, for a lot of that. When you look around and you go, Holy shit, like everybody's stealing this game. Yeah. You know. Then because a lot of times too, piracy isn't about money, it's about access. Yeah. You know. Um unless you're you some saw, indie
0: developers who say, uh, we would rather you pirate our game as opposed to buy it from G two A. But yeah, uh-huh. that's uh-huh. a thing that happened.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I think a lot of times it's about it's about access yeah. and, and having that price point be easy enough that it's just easier to pay for it than to steal it yeah I mean of course you're always gonna have people that are gonna you know I'm gonna prove the point just to fuck them you know but not everybody works that way and you know it's the reason why you've had stuff like Netflix and HBO go and everything else like that take off Uh, it's because the access is easier than than stealing yeah and but now there's I think for a lot of these folks there is a a sort of a personal stake in this like Really, fuck epic, you know, like like that sort of attitude, you know. Um,
0: For a lot of people, that's that really is the case. They just, well, they don't want to have anything to do with them. But yeah, so that was one positive little influence from uh, from this week. Uh, they had a problem and they actually responded to it in a uh, you know in a decent way. They didn't uh, they didn't deny that it was an issue. They said, "Hey, uh, if this is a problem." uh tell us about it we'll try to fix it and they did okay so still not sad.
3: buying shit the fact that you can put a bunch of free games over there and I still don't want to buy shit from you is astonishing to me
0: well i'm like my my free game library from there is uh is growing on a you know a couple of weekly basis cuz they keep uh they keep giving it out uh but it's like for me to actually put my credit card information into that store yeah i i I'm, I'm not there yet i it's just the, the, as I try to shop around on that store, it's it's slow, it's chunky, it's uh, you got to give me a really good reason right. to want to use it, and they they haven't done it yet. So
3: Yeah, and that's then that goes back to what we're talking about. You got to give a reason to to make people want this, and mm-hmm. I just I just don't think they've come up with anything uh, anything compelling. No. Nope. And yet. and and a bunch of these free like now you give away Borderlands three for free. I'm sure some people were like, well. Time to switch over. <laughs> but, you know, at this point, I mean, like, looking at some of the stuff that that's come out, like, I mean, like, what was what was this week's? Limbo? Limbo. I got, like, five. Like, I got that free on Xbox. Pretty sure I got it free on PlayStation. Like, that's not a draw for me.
4: Yeah, we've all pretty much been initiated at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
3: So, anyways. I'm curious, but I should look at what I have here. Like, what do I have got? One, two, three. I got like 12 or 15 games for free, and it's all shit. So, Transistor, I already own that. Torchlight, wow, I owned that 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. World of Goo, I got that on my phone. Mm -hmm. The Witness, I got that for free on PlayStation. Thimbleweed Park, I bought. Um, But, you know, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember playing Slime Rancher or anything. Rhyme, I think I got for free with somebody. Yeah. Jackbox Party Pack, I did that. I don't know what Stories Untold is. And then they got, like, Last Day of June, City of Brass, Kingdom. I've never fucking played those. Subnautica, I know, is a good game. And then Axiom Verge, I bought because, you know, we love that game. Yeah. So, I would love to ask Tom Hat what he got for putting Axiom Verge on there. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to him and see if he's willing yeah, to we, it,
3: you us. Know, He'd be here, a good guest to bring here, back. Yeah, yeah. He, we can sit here and talk all this shit about him, but... You know, I, we know developers, not, not Tom, but the Epic Game Store. and uh, That's what I mean by talking shit. But we know there are a lot of developers that they are really happy with this. But I wonder, I, really, I would love to talk to some developers or publishers to see what the money is that they're getting. Not just for their free games, but what the actual sale of these games on the Epic stores is amounting to, particularly compared to Steam. I would love to see that data.
0: Yeah, we'll wait and see. But uh, as as it is right now, I think we're going to call it a week. Yeah. So yeah. Uh so reminding everybody if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so on anchor.fm slash Zero update. Head over there and hit that subscribe button and it'll bring up a nice little menu of services where you can uh get us, uh, including Spotify, Google Play and all your all your favorites. Uh you can also leave us a message there. So uh yeah, send us a voicemail and uh we'll probably play it on the show if we ever get any. Uh, So, yeah, with that, I have been Filippo Donolfo. And for Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Sloji and Lee Lamb, we'll see you next week.